This is a HeadGum Podcast. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, team. Super Mario Brothers 3. This is very exciting. Obviously, the reaction to Super Mario 2... Uh, in the states didn't go so great, so we're gonna tr- we're gonna try to pitch on some some new power ups, some new things that Mario can do in this one to get us back to our roots. So who's oh, we're taking any ideas? Who's got something? Uh, hey, hi. Um, c- can I go? Uh, yeah. No, this is this is an oh, every, everyone has the floor. Okay, great. Hi, my name is Dougette. I'm not sure if I've already been fired from this job and I'm returning to the campus. Uh, on, uh, to, I just want to make sure that I know that you know that I know that maybe I'm not supposed to be here. But it's, I've got it's, some it's, ideas. There's a lot of there's low retention here. We got a, we got a lot of turnover, so that could okay, have been great. somebody else. Yeah. Great. So I got some ideas for Super Mario Brothers 3, and my first idea is the toilet suit. The toilet suit. Um, I'm just going to so, say, if so, this is okay, where we're starting. Mario get, hold on, let me explain. Mario, you know, hits a block and a little, a little like, it looks like a little plunger comes up at the top because, you know, the power-up should never actually be the outfit. And he grabs a plunger and he turns into like a, he's got like a body of a toilet and his legs are sticking out the top and his, and his head's sticking out like where the tank is. And then, Oh, so he's like stuck in it. I mean, he is. He is toilet. I want. He's not stuck in it. That's a. I mean that. I've been stuck in a toilet before, and that's not what it looks like. I. So so he's I don't got even know like a question the lid to ask. In front of him, and whenever he sees an enemy, he opens up the lid, and then like sh- like poops fly out at the at the enemies, and 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 they run away. It doesn't kill the enemies, but they run off screen. Well, you know. Against my better judgment, I'm gonna write it down. It's an idea. I don't know that we'll use it, but maybe it'll something will inspire oh, us you, from there. You're not gonna use that? Well, you're gonna put him in a shoe or something. I can't. Hey, buddy, why don't you go? Excuse me. Is the floor is the floor open for ideas? Uh, yeah, can yeah, I pitch yeah, an idea too? Can anyone pitch an idea? Too polite. Yeah, we we gotta get some ideas. Because I here. think the the U.S. reaction to Super Mario Brothers Two was because it was too weird, you know. People were like, "What's going on with this game? Mm-hmm. It needs to be a little bit more grounded, less fantastical." So, I'm pitching the skin suit. It's a suit made of skin from I... a bunch of slain enemies, and they all get collected and sewn together, and I... you wear them to cover up Mario's body. I don't even know what that, what that means the pat you collect a skin flute and you t- wear the skin suit 
I put it, but like, put how it would you even board. depict it? Put it on the that one should go on the board with the toilet suit. I think we got two good ideas. I guess I have to I have to put it on the board, but I don't know that. Like we could have a skin suit. Like maybe he wears the skin of an animal. Maybe that's a direction we could go in. But I don't know. Weird. Sounds weird. Did you say yeah, yikes? That's, that's, that's like a yeah. That's graphic, man. It's like serial killer behavior, dismembering an animal and wearing it. Weird. This guy's weird. I'm not. I'm not weird. This guy's weird. I have another idea. Okay. Uh, this you know one of the breakout characters from Super Mario Brothers to the reskin Doki Doki Panic was the Babam. Yeah, that's right. I think we could have a Babam. A babam suit, okay. Like you turn into Ooh. like a little Mario babam, and I, then uh, good. you can hold down uh, the B button, and if you hold it down to charge up, you can explode. And then if okay. you explode, uh, you get a poem uh, read by Robert Oppenheimer about what it means to take so many lives. You want Mario to say, "I am become death." No, Oppenheimer's going to say that. That's his thing. So Oppenheimer is <laughs> yeah, going to be in the game too. We could put him in there. Look, I got one. I love okay. that one. You love it. I also love that one. I love you, it. Well, you said. I know it's my idea, but I also love it. I love it. All right. So this one, uh, this one is a like a like a special like suspenders. Okay. You hit the block, and those suspenders come out the top, right? And you put on Mario puts on the suspenders. Woohoo! And then every time you press the A button, he looks to camera. And he says, I know what you've done. I got to say, the ideas that I've heard in this room today are so far not weirder than Super Mario Brothers 2. We have to make this. I love it. Should, should we get back to work here at Denny's? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, let's, kind of the orders are those, piling up in yeah, the kitchen. Moons over Miami ain't going to cook themselves. Yeah, we need, and we need a Grand Slam breakfast on wheels, please. We wag our raccoon tails to take flight and kill the sun with a Koopa shell as we play You Play Pioneering Platformer Super Mario Bros. 3 this week on Get Played. Welcome to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to get played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. That's me, Nick Weiger, and I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back, Bucket. Wow. Wow. She said it. We're here on the premiere, the premiere video game podcast. And, She's back. And I don't want to be <laughs> impenetrable. I want people to... I want people to listen to this show who've never listened to it before and be like, yeah. hey, this seems like a good time between some friends. I don't think there was anything impenetrable about the first five minutes of this show. No, no. It's <laughs> very accessible. Everybody gets it so far. Huh. Heather, how are you? Th- thank you for, for rejoining us. Thank you for making time for this. Yeah. Uh, we should we should mention that you are recording this uh, in your bed. Yes. I am in bed recovering from, uh, I, I don't know, there's no reason to like sugarcoat this from i'm recovering from my first round of chemotherapy which i don't know you got if you guys have heard about this uh this treatment but um i read up on the on the history of chemotherapy and the truth the truth is that in world war one when they when the germans started using chemical weapons on the on the allies 
they determined that certain toxins would change the ability of cancer in the corpses to like generate. And so that's like where they came up with the idea of chemotherapy was from like the worst warfare that, I mean, one of the worst warfares we've done a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm post round one of chemo, uh, coming in hot, uh, both physically <laughs> and, uh, also, uh, I think this is fun to know, um, when you've done chemotherapy, uh, your, your partners and loved ones are not allowed to use the same toilet as you because the, the toxins coming out of your body are so intense that it could hurt other people. So you got your own shitter. Is that what we're so hearing? I've got, so I've got a, they've, they've, <laughs> I have a, I have a, a like a, a, a bundle of sticks in the backyard and I oh, just go okay. relieve <laughs> myself <laughs> over those sticks. Yeah. You're doing it Heather style, I see. <laughs> That's um, wild. But, yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty wild. There's, I've learned so much about, uh, I have the most incredible care team, the most incredible, uh, you know, wife, uh, and, and mom, uh, my mom is in town to help, uh, get me through this, but, um, I don't have an enormous amount of chemotherapy out of me. So I'm feeling pretty as good as you can about having to do it. Hey, all right. There you go. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. We're, you know, thinking about you a lot. So I'm glad that Thanks. it's, it's, it's going as good as it can, despite yeah. it not being good at all. <laughs> yeah, not good at all. Again, yeah. cannot be clearer that we'd be missing multiple episodes of the show because, you know, there's times where I like I'm just in bed going. Ah, ah, sure. um, and then although we could use that for an intro. Yeah, I think, yeah we could. <laughs> if the, if if at any point the Resident Evil merchant didn't show up. We could just like record me moaning and it would yeah. probably fill the same sort of psychological void right. as his <laughs> as his presence. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Super Mario Brothers 3 today, one of the greatest and most impactful video games of all time. Uh, yep. We're going to dig into that in one second. I did want to, we are going to get to the what are, you, what are you playing segment where we're going to talk about some games we're playing right now. But before we do that, I did want to Heather. I did want you to recap what you were saying for us beforehand, since since you're sharing, which is that you are eating by doctor's orders a lot of red meat right now. <laughs> yeah, wait. <laughs> Why do you want me to share that? Because <laughs> it's interesting. You don't have to. What the fuck? <laughs> it's interesting. Um. Yeah. So. No, no. You're, to you're, you're talking about that... your cursed toilet. I thought you'd be willing to talk about your diet a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, so you're putting this thing to work. Is that what we're hearing? <laughs> one of the things that um, uh, <laughs> one of the things that they that you have to do when you're in chemotherapy is you have to. So chemotherapy sort of knocks down all of your natural resiliency because it's killing off all of the fast growing cells in your body. Um, so it wipes out your white blood cells and it wipes out a significant number of your red blood cells also. Wow. And uh, so by doctor's orders, in order to get my uh, my iron content and my red blood cell count up, I'm eating a lot of red meat and spinach. Um, oh, and wow. So it's been 
<laughs> I mean, I love red meat, so that's great. I can't mm -hmm. imagine the difficulty of doing something like this if you were a vegan because the right. it, it, there's yeah. it's so protein forward. Um and uh yeah, it's um I don't know. It's 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 nice to eat a cheeseburger and be like, I am doing a great thing for my body. Because <laughs> normally you don't have right. that. Like, there's like always no. this sort of like nebulous background guilt about um, about eating a cheeseburger. And I mm -hmm. don't have that now. I have like a, a power-up sound happening in my head with every burger <laughs> bite I take. And also I should say, I'm not exclusively eating red meat. Right, you're not uh, Like Jordan I'm just Peterson. red meat forward yeah. for the time being. Uh, I'm also eating... You know, like sweet potatoes and like all these, so like you eat all of this, like really, really nutritious food that I think is going to um, change my food perspective moving forward. Hmm. Um, because I'm never really appreciative of like just sitting down and eating an avocado, for example, yeah. or like sitting down and eating like a bowl of blueberries. I cut out, um, I cut out refined sugar. Uh, because that's really bad for you across the board. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, and I did that about uh, a month and a half ago. So now all fruit tastes like candy again. Mm. It's great. Wow. How but, about that? But yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad, Nick, that this stood out to you so much that you were like, "Oh, she she should tell the listeners that she's eating beef all the time." <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Look, we got we, Nick and I have been banking <laughs> like, episodes. We need stuff to talk about. This is. <laughs> 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 oh man, I missed you guys. And I know I'm, we miss I'm you too. Miss you probably next week, but I'm I'm so happy for the times that I do get to be here. And I also hope that me talking about chemo isn't a downer for a fucking listener. Because if I was like, oh, I can't wait for my ne my favorite video game podcast. Yeah. And the one of the hosts got on and was like, I feel like shit. I feel like a dog. I feel I like think, shit. Then I think people will what? appreciate it because we know that there are uh, listeners. In our Discord, that I've experienced the very same thing. So I think it's a oh, relatable yeah. thing. It's more relatable than it, it seems, I'm sure. So people probably do Great. appreciate hearing it. You okay, know? well. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh. Shout out to you guys. Yeah. Sorry, we've all been through it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mark goes out to all of you. Uh, yeah. Nick, I noticed something just a moment ago. Actually, yeah. we're both wearing Chainsaw Man t-shirts. That's right. Yeah, I got my power shirt. I just I got, got one that has Hot Chainsaw Topic. Man on it. Yeah. Look at us. Huh. That's Pretty it. cool. Not as good as the meat stuff, I guess, but just kind of <laughs> thought I'd bring it up. See, we're running out of things. We're doing great. We're thriving. And in fact, I think we, it's time to get on topic here with the question we always ask at the top of these episodes. What are you playing? Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I have discovered, here in the year of our Lord 2023, that I really wanted to play, like, calming games, like, um, during this time. Like, I, I, right. I, I've, I've been able, I've, my ability to play Fortnite has been very minimalized by how uh, difficult it is to watch something that visually aggressive Mm. um, Mm. because I sometimes will get kind of nauseous or dizzy or whatever. Um, So I thought, oh, man, once I start chemotherapy, I'm going to have so much time to play Fortnite because nobody's going to be asking anything of me. And it turns out I can't play Fortnite for like more than an hour at a time uh, is like my max amount of Fortnite. And for for listeners who don't play, that's only two rounds. Like each round is about a half hour, give or take. So I play two rounds of Fortnite maximum, like every few days, and I'm out. Um, but I've been really craving a quiet, like sweet, like comforting game. Um, and one of the things that I've been playing is um, these old Game Boy Advance games called Bit Generations, mm. which are very simple stripped down Nintendo produced I'll call them art games for the Game Boy Advance which I don't believe were actually released in the United States on cartridge but were released maybe on like the Wii or something and I've been playing this great puzzle game uh which name escapes me because my brain is fried from being poisoned um but if I describe it then you can look it up um it's a puzzle game where and I know you can ex- imagine how bad I feel that I'm like choosing to play a puzzle game. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. sh- I'm actually shocked by this. So, like, this is this is very out of character. It is no joke. But it's a very soothing puzzle puzzle game. So, like Tetris or uh, Tetris is like you align shapes, and Columns is you align colors. In this Bit Generations puzzle game, you align the the way that you, af- you there's like a grid of colored cubes on your screen and you can affect the hue of the of the blocks so you highlight a block and uh the highlight color of the block is Mm -hmm. the is the shade to which you are transforming the shade the hue of the block so if you have a green highlighter and the color of the block is red then it shifts it towards green by one by one notch and if it remain if the highlight remains green then you can continue to shift it towards green until eventually you have multiple blocks of green that will then clear but your ability to shift the hue is limited so you kind of have to plan out while you're playing like oh now it's orange now it's red uh, I'm going to highlight that block and shift it towards red or shift it towards orange oh mm. now it's green so I'm going to shift this one over towards green etc um, it is soothing in a way that like both columns and Tetris are not because it feels um, incremental 
It doesn't feel like a yeah. binary experience. Like this is lining up and therefore it is clear. It feels like I'm going to adjust some things and that adjustment will bring me closer to clearing the level. And I really, really like it. Um, and I've been playing that on Analog Pocket. And did either of you look up what this game is called? While I, I saw a couple of options. That one is one is Coloris. Coloris. That might be it. That uh, might but be there's it. there's another one called Dial Hex or Roto Hex. They both both descriptions sound similar. What you said. I think it's Coloris. Yeah. Got it. Um, it's excellent. The other thing I've I've discovered here in the year 2023 of our Lord is that if you want to play Chrono Trigger, which I keep being like, oh, that's one of my favorite soothing games. That motherfucking game is not available hardly anywhere. You can play it on iOS in the remastered version, which is upsetting. Like, it's upsetting to play those remastered versions. Right. I don't know why Square Enix won't just give us the actual game. So then I downloaded a ROM for my... Um, no, first I looked on it on switch for it couldn't play it on switch and i was like oh it must have been released on ps5 not available on ps5 you can't play chrono trigger on any modern platform except steam or ios and those are they're not great yeah. ways to play chrono trigger this the steam port is like it's kind of janky i think it has the weird font i could be wrong about mm. that but i think it kind of has that that ugly font um which no one cares for uh but yeah it's 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 a game that that would be nice if it was like like the DS version uh, was like a really great package. It would be nice if there like a version like that was available on Switch. Well, I so I so I have the DS version, and so I got my 3DS out and I had my Analog Pocket out. I loaded up the ROM on Pocket and I loaded up the um, DS version on my 3DS, and I was shocked that the uh, clarity of the game on the DS is kind of gross mm. uh, especially compared to the analog pocket straight up rom presentation of a super nes game so i've been playing it on the pocket i expected the font to be too small to read not the case i've expected i expected there to be visual difficulty because one of the things they talked about why chrono trigger never received a game boy advance release was that the screen would be too small for optimum experience and that's why they waited until the ds came out so they could split up some of that ui element mm. I, I i really like it on the pocket i think it's excellent um so yeah chrono trigger coloris and uh dabbling once again in final fantasy tactics advance have been my comfort games wow uh, uh here in this bed that i've been in for most of the last week how about you guys what have you been playing? I mean, those all sound really great, and um, I can't believe that you're starting uh, Chrono Trigger again in a year where I said I was going to do that and beat it, and have not even tried to start it. Uh, <laughs> it's a good game. Uh, I should I, sh I should give that I should give that a spin before uh, what I, I got time. Still. You also got like the you, you know you've got an analog pocket. I got you've an got analog a, pocket. A I have it on it. there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, play the damn thing. I, I got time. The year's not quite over just yet. Um, but I've I've been playing. I mentioned this uh, last week on the show. I started Alan Wake, the original Alan Wake. Oh, and are you playing the remaster? I'm playing the remaster. Yes, and I am liking it. This it's come up. I've been out uh, with some friends recently, and it's come up that I've been playing this game, and they're asking me uh, how do I like it. And I'm often saying I don't know, but I can't stop 
like I can't stop playing it because it has mm. like the gameplay is like fun enough, but it is also like scary, right? And so yeah. I'm not like enjoying that part of it, but like it's it's scary in a way that I can manage. But also it has this like I've tried to watch Twin Peaks like four times and I like can't I just can't do it. Yeah, and so it has. It feels like all the stuff I don't like about, or I don't connect with uh, Twin Peaks about, uh, it's that stuff's in here too, or it's just kind of like weird, and I don't know why. <laughs> and it, it's, uh, so that part of it, I'm not loving either, but I, I'm also compelled by it in a, in a way that I can't really quite figure out. I, I do intend to finish it. I'm about halfway through at this point. And it is that thing, Heather, that we've talked about on the show too, which uh, it's like, somebody's wife is always dead. Sure. And it's like, this guy is like, I'm trying to find my wife. And I'm like, okay. And aren't we all? (laughs) Matt. Aren't we all trying to get married and fall in love with our wives? Uh, So I'm playing this wife guy game right now. Mm -hmm. And I, it is, it, it is cool. You get like, it's very limited. Like the resources that you get, you often get only a gun and a flashlight or like some sort of light, mechanism to banish these dark spirits away that they're trying to get you and you're also you're a writer so he he self narrates a lot and I'm always yeah. just like shut the fuck up dude <laughs> shut up <laughs> he talks so much but uh the it, but the thing that's also interesting about it and I know that like this game is beloved and a lot of people really like it uh I think the performances in the game are interesting mm-hmm. Because it does sort of feel like everyone is in a different game, kind of. Where, like, Alan is sort of this way, like, performing this way. And then another character in the same scene will be like, I'm in a completely different, like, scene, kind of. And it feels very <laughs> uh, feels very strange. But that's, like, that Twin Peaks energy a little bit. Uh, but I... I, I <laughs> I guess I like it enough that I'm more interested in playing the second one now too. That like yes. I've never played one of these remedy games before, and they people seem to really like them. I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of Alan Wake two enthusiasm, even from Alan Wake one skeptics. Mm. So I I think it you know whether the game connects with you or not, it maybe will. I, I've been thinking about playing Alan Wake two. Um, our fr- friend of the show, uh, past guest Eva Anderson, was texting me about it. Okay. She's having a good time with it. Yeah, I I I, I am interested. Uh, in in checking it out, but um, I I probably I probably will finish it. Yeah. Also, Heather, I should say I'm playing it exclusively on my PlayStation Portal. Uh, I'm playing it nonstop wow. on, on my PlayStation Portal. Yeah. Yes. And I um, talked about this last week. Yeah, it's 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 playing really well, but I'm telling you, it's a little too scary to play at night in bed when you're trying to snuggle up. It's a little too scary for nighttime. <laughs> but I'm because like there are legitimate jump yeah. scares in it. That's something that I don't think I've mentioned that there are just like actual jump scares, <laughs> like like screen, like full screen jump scares. That yes. fucking rude. Just it's it's just for a coward like me, not not ideal. No, you don't want to be doing that while you're sharing a bed with your partner. No, 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 because she she doesn't even love that I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Add, add me screaming, uh, but but that's it for me. You know, I'm still uh, chugging away at uh, Super Mario Wonder, but I have stopped to play the game that we're playing in this episode and uh, to prioritize a little bit of Alan Wake time as well. I can I can I say something about the the wife guy trope? Sure. Um, which is that, 
and this is sort of unprompted, but sort of prompted. My wife, Mary, does not listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing this because my wife is the best wife in the whole world. Yeah. And wow. shots fired um, at my wife. <laughs> yeah, shots fired at my future wife. <laughs> she she did something this week that you guys helped with. Oh, and yeah. I wanted and I wanted to say thank you and I'm sorry I'm probably going to get emotional. It's okay. Um she got a tattoo that you guys helped her design. Um which is a Legend of Zelda linked that passed hearts full up with health and in the font from the game uh my initials so that she could so that she was always hoping for my full health and you guys helped her with that and it's one of the most incredible things that anybody has ever done for me and i know that you guys were a part of that and i wanted to say thank you of course Heather, we love you it was incredible um I have the best wife and I have the best friends. Oh. And thank you guys so much. Well, you're the best, Heather. Yeah, it's like we 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 said this very same thing to Mary. How lucky are we <laughs> that we all have this like same like cool person that we love? Like it's so great. Thanks, guys. Um, it's it's the best. No, it's it's totally fine. Uh, we tried to <laughs> convince her to get the uh, the Stussy S, but she wouldn't do that yeah. instead. Uh, we really wanted her to get the Stussy S. I thought Pregnant Sonic would be the best tribute, but <laughs> she vetoed that. And then also a, a, there was a, a, a immediate veto of just our two faces, too, which is like, kind of confusing. Because it's like, it's not you. <laughs> But uh, no, no, it was a very sweet thing that uh, that Mary did, and we were—I'd uh, say, speaking for both Nick and I—we were honored to help. Also, yeah. she was she was fanatical about attention to detail, yeah. like making sure it was like she was like this. This needs to be pixel perfect. This aesthetic, like I, the aesthetic of the hearts, needs to match the aesthetic of the the letters. Like I want to make sure this is from like the same game and everything. So like, you yeah, know, she was she was really like uh, making sure this was perfect for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, anyway. So I guess I've now entered the the realm of like, if my wife was killed or disappeared, I would go to Silent Hill. Uh, <laughs> just in case she might be there. Like I just like I get it now. I'm yeah, like, oh, right. I mean, like I've always gotten it, but like now I'm like, you know what? Maybe this trope isn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. Because if you like really, really like, you can't imagine your life without somebody. Um, the yeah, I go. I go. Wow, Heather stands with the wife, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> it's great no it's so that's like you know it was a very sweet thing and uh it was like i, I was i was i was so happy to help what a gesture yeah, yeah. all right nick what are you playing <laughs> well i've been playing <laughs> a game about a little robot <laughs> yeah no shit <laughs> um actually i've had this uh this platformer that's on my it's been on my radar for a while and I'm getting and it just came out it came out on November 13th of this year and I got some time to spend with it I thought it was a good thing to play a little bit uh with the main topic that we're talking about this week because it is obviously like all modern platformers it owes some uh to Super Mario Brothers 3 it's called Bzzt that's B Z Z Z T B triple Z T Bzzt um and can we Matt can we play a little bit of this trailer oh sure nice I think this will just give you, for, for people, for the two of you and for Rochelle here, we'll give a little sense of the aesthetic of this game, which is really, really charming. And then also for anyone listening, maybe you'll hear a little bit of the soundtrack. 
So it's very much just like, you know, uh, dash, jump, double jump. And you're just moving around these super quick stages. Um, and uh, it's just one of those things where it's one of those things where it's not innovating, but it's doing absolutely everything right. It's just like a perfect mm. version of this kind of platformer. Um, it's just this fat, fast platformer where your little toaster-sized robot named ZX, he's cute as shit, it's just oozing with charm. Uh, and it's it's very Celeste slash Super Meat Boy slash Neon White and kind of a different genre where the, the, the levels are super short and you get a super fast reset on death. So you can just keep iterating on this thing. And there's collectible bolts, uh, you know, each level that that's that's your item that you're trying to get all of. And then target times to hit um, to 100 percent each stage. And the target times are very aggressive. So it's just like but achievable. But it, it's one of those games where it's meant for speed running and meant for trying to get to the top of the leaderboards or just progressing through normally but that's like an added um layer to the game uh it's also got some really fun boss fights one boss fight it just turns into a straight up uh shoot em up it just a shmup and it's and it's just so fun and it's just such like a great like you know kind of pastiche of the the best kinds of games of that type um but uh, but i want to shout out the, the the developer it's an indie solo dev uh i believe his name is is karel matejka uh who's from the czech republic uh goes by uh ko.dll and it apparently has been working on this for four years. It's just kind of a labor of love. Uh, but it's just a really, really well-executed platformer. And I love these sorts of games. So as I was playing this through, I was just like, this is just pure joy. I just yeah. like, I'm just having so much fun. Like, I just love, this is exactly what I love about video games. Wow. Is just like, is, is this sort of, uh, this sort of energy and this sort of progression and this sort of like, you know, trying to uh, compete with myself and trying something again and again until I eventually achieve it. Uh, and, um, but also just like, just all the aesthetic, uh, uh, just pleasantness to it. Like the, the soundtrack um, and, and the, the art direction and the animation uh it's just a, it's just a great package uh so b z z z t uh you can get it on steam right now it's also apparently runs natively on the steam deck uh so that's an option for you and you should matt you should you you'd, you'd love this this is very much for you uh heather i'm not sure how calming it would be it's a little frenetic but i, I do well, think it's, well, i do think I, you well, would watching like it a, watching that trailer made me feel like um especially since we played super mario 3 this week or, or month um yeah I, i'm like man if i'd seen that trailer when i was a child i would have been like this looks like the best video game of all time <laughs> right 100 percent. no yeah it's it's like the ideal of what a video game could possibly be from a 1989 perspective it's just yeah. like this is this is this is the perfection of like a 2d platformer yeah uh, yeah so again, it's it's you know it's not it's not I I I, I don't want to oversell it. It's not like innovating. It's not like, like oh this is something that's completely new. I've this is this is it's not going to hit like like a game like Celeste, which I mentioned might. Um, but it is just like such a such a just a great execution of it, uh, and it just is is made clearly by someone who knows who likes these sorts of games and knows what makes them work. Oh, people check out Bizzit. This game is beautiful. <laughs> we love it. We love a platformer. <laughs> As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
Uh, all right, let's talk about we uh, our we play you play Super Mario Brothers three. Super Mario Brothers three uh, was directed by Shigeru Miyamoto, of course, and Takashi Tezuka. Uh, Tezuka also produced Super Mario Brothers Wonder. He's stuck with Nintendo like Miyamoto yes. uh, for basically his entire career. He has this this quote, which I, I figured I'd read to tee this up. I have never consciously separated casual users and hardcore gamers when I design a game. For the past 20 years, I have always been trying to make games so that anyone, as many people as possible, can enjoy them. I cannot help but say that I love my job of making games from the bottom of my heart. Just, I just love that little bit of earnestness. This, I love that. What a sweetie. That rocks. And to know that he has stuck around to, for so long rocks because, I mean, I'm not the first person to make this observation, I'm sure. There is so much Super Mario Brothers 3 in Wonder. Like, there's, like, so much, like, discovery. Like, the, that feeling of discovery and that feeling of, like, what's going to happen next is so present, particularly in Wonder, I feel. Yeah, and the idea that each level kind of, and this is the thing that's been retained with, a, with you know, the 2D Mario's basically from that point on, yeah. from that game on, but, like, the idea that each level kind of has a theme. Each level, this is the level where this happens. Yes. Uh, or, at minimum, it ties in with a larger world that has some sort of, of, of on a, you know, running theme. Yes. Uh, so the local... I, yeah, go on, Heather. I was going to say, um, I had not seen the Super Mario Brothers movie until this week. Oh, yes. Uh, which I watched in part of this sort of, like, holistic Mario experience I was trying to give myself for this podcast. And it it's, I think it is um, a recognition of Mario 3's uh, supremacy in the, in the Mario anthologies that the climax, spoiler alert, the climax of the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, is the Tanuki suit. Right. Like, I, I, it's not like he he damn I mean eventually he gets the fucking invincibility star but like the I would say that the 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 sort of visual climax of the film is Mario in the Tanuki suit saving the Mushroom Kingdom and that feels like everyone at Nintendo being like I don't know if we ever got higher than this like the Tanuki suit may have been the moment in Mario gaming where everything clicked and it felt good and it felt like like true joy because the cape suit in Mario World is essentially the Tanuki suit by a different name mm-hmm. and the uh the the hat wings in Super Mario 64 is essentially the Tanuki suit by a different name like it 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 was somebody at Nintendo being like what if this motherfucker could fly? And <laughs> yeah. and everybody being like, "Yes!" Anyway, that I, 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 my thoughts are a little disorganized, but I was like, when I saw the movie, I was like, "Yep, they get it. They know that Super Mario Three was the best of all well, of them." As the uh, as the you know the uh, d- the distinguished from the raccoon suit, um, uh, which you you know get from the leaf early on, the Tanuki suit is just like kind of like you know this this much rarer item uh, that you get later in the game, and that it's like kind of like a you know. A, a precious power up that you yeah. might want to hoard for certain situations that you have something of an inventory. Uh, but I, I, I read that, you know, it was the, that somebody was uh, Miyamoto himself. And he basically with the Tanuki suit, he was like, 
this isn't going to make sense to Western audiences because they don't understand like kind of the you know folklore associated with this with this creature. But I I just want to throw it in there anyway, and it kind of speaks to like just like yeah the inventiveness and the willingness to be like sort of like we're just gonna put shit out there and mm-hmm. people will accept it and people audiences will be able to understand it you know and audi- or or even if they don't understand it they'll be able to appreciate it on its own terms because the idea of like yeah this guy is gonna get a suit that dresses him up like a tanuki a creature that's largely unfamiliar to uh, uh to to, you know, to people in the west and then and that if you do a certain sort of a uh, combination of button presses um if you it's if you crouch and press b i believe press uh, press attack you turn into a statue that's inv- invincible like it's so fucking weird and surreal but then again so is eating a mushroom and growing to twice your size yeah i was going to say it's funny that that was even like a consideration that people might not get it cuz like I could give a fuck. Like I don't care. That, but that's the that's the <laughs> ultimate thing, and especially like for the, like the the audience is largely going to be children. Is like yeah, kids will just like buy it. Like, I'm just they don't like, care. Great. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in. I I'm already I'm already here. I, I love it. Uh, the so this game was released in Japan for the Famicom in October of 1988. Now the localization scheduling in the pre-internet age was so wild. If you look back at mm-hmm. it, because. This game doesn't come to North America until July of 1989, and when it comes out in July, it's in arcade cabinets, and it's it's in the NES Play Choice One cabinets, which were basically like you put a credit in, and then you'd have a you'd have like a two minute play session of a game. So like if you wanted to play Super Mario Brothers three for um uh, for for you know, like 10 months after, like 10 months in North America, it was only accessible in the arcade version. Uh, And then it comes to NES, finally, the home version in February of 1990. So like a year and a half after the initial Japanese release, the PAL release is even wilder, doesn't come out in PAL in European territories until August of 1991. So basically three years after the Japanese launch and when the uh, Super Nintendo was already released in the United States. I was a, a sentient being for the, the the preamble of Super Mario Brothers 3. And if you weren't alive at the time or you were not yet conscious, um, the atmosphere and the energy, and I was a Sega kid, yeah. but like the knowledge that Mario 3 was coming was the most pervasive childhood meme of these few years. Like, you knew it was going to happen. And I also want to read from um, from the Wikipedia entry of The Wizard, which was a movie that came out in 1989 that came out before we could play Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. Uh, During 1988, a shortage of ROM chips and the preparation of a version of Super Mario Brothers 2 for the West delayed several of Nintendo's game releases in North America. One such product was Super Mario Brothers 3. The delay presented Nintendo with an opportunity to promote the game in a feature film. So in 1989, Tom Pollock of Universal Studios approached Nintendo of America's marketing department about a video game film inspired by Nintendo video game competitions. The film was The Wizard, and it followed a um, a special needs kid uh, as he traveled across the United States with Fred Savage, who I think played his older brother, yes. to a Nintendo tournament where you, he would play Super Mario Brothers 3 for the first time. And um, it it was lo- going to see that movie, which I didn't. I didn't go to see The Wizard. I think we rented it at my house, maybe. 
Um, the finale of this film, which I've queued up here on YouTube, is just like two minutes of Super Mario Brothers 3 being shown to an audience. Yes. And the and the kid who's playing the game in the movie does things that you could not conceivably know of for a first time player. Um, so let's can we watch a little bit of this? Yeah, it's basically a theatrical commercial for the for the game. And it's yeah, like you were saying, it's the climax of the film. So pe- so kids are basically, you know, haranguing their parents into buying them tickets so they can see, you know, th- again, pre-internet age, we take things for granted, the idea that you could see footage for a game before its release. Um, but here, back then, it was uh, only in a movie theater. I-, I just read about the plot. Nine-year-old Jimmy Woods suffers from PTSD after his twin sister Jennifer drowned two years earlier. Prone to randomly wandering away from home, he perpetually carries around a lunchbox while frequently repeating the word California. It, it's it's my memory of it is not particularly respectfully handled. Um, no, it's sure. it's it's like a it, but it was inspired by, both by the Who's Tommy, so like the idea of like oh, mm. this person who's the pinball wizard, but he's you know um, uh, got some disabilities, and then also I think it was. Based on timing, it was partly meant to be like a kid's version of Rain Man. Super Mario Brothers! To your so there's like a bully kid and our main kid who are given 10 minutes. To play Super Mario Brothers 3, having never seen the game before, with no access to it uh, in the United States. Yeah, at this like proto esports championship, and they're playing for points. It's it's the mix of the scoring with the game soundtrack is so bizarre. <laughs> It's also dystopian. 100 like, percent. The set that they've they've created to highlight Super Mario Brothers 3 looks like something from like like the running man. Like it is Oh, a, for sure, yeah. It is a nightmare, like two giant screens that open with Terminator 2 style like metal folds. Yeah. Uh, to reveal Super Mario Brothers 3 and then a room of it, it, the, the room is gray uh, like an industrial gray and the kids are f- are playing Mario and the highlight of this sequence is when the young kid uh, discovers the warp whistle by crouching uh, for three to five seconds whatever it is in one of the levels in order to disappear behind the uh, scenery and get the first warp whistle and go to a, a, a different world. Bef- and you you could not have known that that was possible. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, it, it's kind of amazing that it exists. I mean, it, it's like, you know, it, it, as cynical as you want to be about some of these IP movies that come mm-hmm. out these days, like, there, it, that was as blatant as it gets. Back in like 1989, oh, it was yeah. just like this is a this is a Nintendo commercial that we're going to release as a feature film. The bully, at one point, they stop at his house or something. I haven't watched this fucking film since I was like infinity young, 
the bully has the power glove. Yes, right. Yeah. And he shows it to our main characters and it's like, you'll never understand like the power that this glove has and then uses it to play a video game and everybody is astonished. And it, it it was effective because when you watched it, you you knew it was expensive because the bully's rich. And you also knew that if there was a possibility of you getting the glove, you would be unlike all of your peers because nobody had the power glove. I had a friend who had the power glove in elementary school. got it because of the wizard. And we were all like, holy shit, it's the fucking power glove. And then you use it and it's like, just sucks. It's completely, <laughs> completely unworkable. Um, but uh, at the, yeah, but but so the game itself is is being super hyped in this context. I also thought we could play this Super Mario Brothers 3 uh, USA commercial, which uh, I remember from when it was airing um, back in the day. Uh, and this one also kind of just speaks to just sort of how uh, omnipresent the marketing was for this. Mario! Mario! So we get a bunch of kids in multicolored outfits chanting Mario. The camera is pulling back to reveal they are all forming Mario's face with their bodies and it stretches across Super Mario Brothers 3 from Nintendo. The continental US. And yeah, then now you're playing with power tag. That was that... the scariest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Very cultish. Yeah. That that commercial, though, also was on a budget and scale that video game commercials weren't during the 80s and 90s For sure. in, in the United States. Like, usually it would just be like a set of like screen grabs and, and, and clips, and it would be like... Rygar is the craziest game you'll ever play. You gotta get it. Go get it. Ask your parents for Rygar. And that would be it. Yeah. But this was like somebody had seen an Apple commercial and was like, no, what we need to do is convey the scope of Mario's presence on planet Earth so children should form his face and we should zoom out and reveal just just the icon of Mario's face. There's yes. no footage of the game in that commercial. Yeah, it, it's. It, I, I think it, this all speaks to just like the the amount of hype, the amount of, like you were saying, the the marketing budget here, the amount that they were of money, but also just the amount of money they put in this product in like generally because this had yeah. a huge budget. I think was the most expensive video game ever made at the time. And wow. so to have that going in, you know, there's a there's a version where that goes very badly, but instead they essentially were like, here's the Godfather, you know, here's this uh, going to be this this totemic totemic game um, that's going to influence uh, scores of games that follow in its wake. Uh, I, I so I guess let's talk about actually playing this game, unless we have any other context we want to get to. I'm ready to talk. Oh, I did have one other one other thing I should because I, I watched this documentary. It's like a, it's like an hour ten minutes uh, by gaming historian. Uh, uh, their YouTube channel, the story of Super Mario Brothers three, uh, and the one detail they had, which is just how insane the workflow was in the eighties, where the level designers did level layouts by hand on graph paper. So wow. the idea of like designing this and like you know you're not using Mario Maker obviously, but that the process was that cumbersome. They were doing it by hand. They're just drawing out a level okay, yeah. and then just giving it to a programmer, and it would take a full day to be playable. So like in, as far as play testing this this thing, it was just like an extremely cumbersome workflow. They should have 
They should have just used Mario. They Maker. probably should have used Mario Maker. Would have made clean things up. If a they could have just used the Switch <laughs> yeah. and make you make it in Mario Maker. Honestly, use the Wii U. You got the stylus. It's even easier. They fucked up so yeah. bad. Um. So it's Mario Mario yeah. Brothers Three has been uh, released on fucking everything. Right. And I think that's also something we should touch on as we're talking about this game, which is it originally releases for the NES. Then it comes out in uh, Super Mario All-Stars in a re-skinned uh, version for uh, the Super NES. It comes out on the Game Boy Advance as Super Mario World 4, Super Mario 3 Advance or something like that. I forget what the subtitle um, is exactly. Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. <laughs> Very confusing. Uh, it comes out for... Uh, the Wii Virtual Console. It comes out for the th- uh, 3DS Virtual Console. It comes out on the Switch on Nintendo Online. Um, and it also comes out on the NES Mini, which is the uh, that sort of the little guy that you plug into an HDMI sure. input on any modern television. Which version did you guys play? Well, okay. So as a kid, I played the NES version. I had this right. game on cartridge and played the shit out of it. For this playthrough, I just w- I just went and played on the Switch, um, which I had some annoyances with, specifically the Joy Cons, which is like a little little tough to control this game. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, when I used a, a, a I, I switched over to the Pro controller and and had a much uh, much easier time playing it on the big screen. Yeah, I, I started playing it on uh, my analog pocket. And then just for convenience later, I did end up playing through most of it on the Switch. Uh, and that I, the Joy-Cons did make it a little tough, but I just had to, like, retrain my brain to use that bad D-pad. Those, those... The D-pad sucks. There's one <laughs> maneuver that you have that, like, you have to do a lot for to progress through the levels, which is running... Um, sliding and then ducking as you're using your momentum as you're ducking yes. uh, to get under a block. But it's it's a really difficult thing to uh, to execute. Not not hard to execute with a normal D pad, but with that like you know this button based D pad on the on the switch, it's it's uh, it's pretty tricky and and honestly painful. Yeah. But which which one did you play, Heather? Well, I um, if I hadn't been sick for uh the majority of the last uh few weeks i was planning on playing it on an nes on a pvm mm-hmm. um that wasn't an option for me so i was like well what physical copy do i have of super mario brothers 3 and i have the game boy advance version there you um go. and the game boy advance also has a great button layout so i was like i'll play it on the game boy advance uh guys they added voices to the game boy advance right version of this game and it is the worst upgrade in the history of mario like (laughs) when you play when you play like uh super mario all-stars it's just like oh i guess if you don't like the 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 authenticity of the nes version and the sound of the nes version and you like this updated 16-bit palette then this is a fine way to play it i don't like the all-stars remake because it doesn't feel sharp in the same way that the original NES version plays. But that um, All-Stars version compared to the Game Boy Advance version is like the difference between eating a cheeseburger for dinner or dog food. Um, 
I've pulled up the sound clips of the Mario samples from the Game Boy Advance version. And every fucking time you get a power up, Charles Martinet goes, just what I needed. And it's. That's too much. It makes you not want to get power ups because like the difference between like that sort of like almost cloud sound uh, when you get a, uh, a, a leaf in Super Mario 3 that boom. Mm-hmm. Um, or when you get like a fire flower and it goes, the difference between that and Martinet screaming at you, just what I needed or lucky. It, it was, it's so bad. Can we play just a little bit of it? Yeah, here we go. Let's go. Here I come. Here I go. I'm moving now. Bravo. A crystal. Gotcha. Lucky. Yahoo. No problem. Oh, mamma mia. Oh, no. Ow. Yeah, yeah. What a so this is actually audio Thank from my you. sex tape. <laughs> Here I go. Oh, God. So they also have voices for Luigi um, and Princess if you're playing Super Mario 2. It is it is horrible. It is such a downgrade that I eventually, like you guys, played on the Switch, um, which my biggest complaint is the physical placement of the B and A buttons mm-hmm. are are at an angle, and the game is designed for those buttons to be horizontal. Yes, like that's so a, that that's you can another hold issue. Down, yeah. yeah, so that you can hold down one and tap the other button with the uh, bottom of your thumb. You got a claw. That's the only way you can do that on the switch. Yeah, it's 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 a, a much more difficult implementation. So much so that I thought about getting the NES controller for the Switch, like the, you know, the one you can buy online. But then I was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck am I going to I don't need this. And so I didn't get it. Uh, I had the I, I I had an import Game Boy Advance and I got the um, I got Super Mario Brothers USA, which is what they called Super Mario Brothers 2 for the Japanese release. And I do remember the voices from that. I do remember booting up with Super Mario USA and like the novelty of it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But like, yeah, I'd forgotten how how present they are in the gameplay itself. That that Lucky. is really distracting. Yeah, <laughs> just what I needed. <laughs> just what I needed, especially because you also get that. There's there's a million power ups that you'll get in any particular level of Super Mario Three that right. you don't actually like. You get like multiple leaves, and he's already a raccoon, and then he gets the leaf, and it's like just what I needed, and it's yeah, it's awful. It's so fu- It sucks. Uh, can I just say that? As far as options to play this game, and you were talking about the unavailability of Chrono Trigger earlier, I think the Switch presentation of it is honestly, if you're especially if you're new to this game and you're like, oh, I've, I, I was thinking of messing around with this a, a little bit, just go with the Switch version. Yeah. Just go with the Nintendo Switch Online, uh, you know, open up the NES uh, collection and, and play Super Mario Bros. 3 there. Because it is, it's it seems to be, you know... Uh, as far as my memory, it seems to be uh, ex- extremely well emulated. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the quality of life thing, which you can choose to use or not, but if you want to just sort of like uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, fudge your way through things, you can, you know, uh, uh, 
you can use save states and you can, you know, rewind and, and as as needed if you want to redo things. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that makes it it is kind of nice that it's just available in that way and it makes it a lot more approachable um, for people who are approaching this in modern times. Um, There's actually two versions of um, Super Mario 3 on Nintendo Online on the Switch. One is the, the full game and then the other is one that's like marked special. Um, I didn't realize at first that there were two versions and booted up the special version and it's just the final, it's world eight. Uh, and you start with 35 Mario's and a ton of power ups in your, uh, in your like base menu. And I was like, holy shit, I have no memory of playing (laughs) this much into the game and having all this shit. Like, Having 35 lives in Super Mario 3 is not that big of a deal because they they are extremely generous yes. with the lives that you can get. Yeah. But I was like, fuck, I don't I when did I save this? <laughs> I have no memory of this. Um so make sure that you play the uh the standard version and not the special version. So what you were just saying about like the availability of one-ups of extra lives, I think kind of speaks to like how well designed this game is in terms of it was before we reached the point where where the discussion was like, "Hey, what if we don't have lives altogether? What if we just dispense mm-hmm. with that? What if we just dispense with the idea of game overs? What if you just sort of like can try this thing over and over again?" But we hadn't reached that point yet. We we're kind of at, a, at, a, at, a, at an interim point. But but they kind of had the solution of like, "Well, let's make one ups in ample supply. Uh, we'll make a game over much less likely than will happen in Super Mario Brothers One." Um, and uh, and it, it's packed with things with all sorts of like mini games, which give you opportunities to get more lives in addition to what you can get within the levels themselves. But honestly, like it's very easy to time getting the star at the end of every level. So the end of every level, you exit out of the stage, which also speaks to kind of like the way this is presented, which we'll talk about. You exit out of the stage into a field of black kind of behind the scenes, if you will. Um, and then you or off stage uh, and then you jump into a box that's got a uh, sort of a spinning slot machine. Uh, treatment where you can get a star, a a flower, or a mushroom. It's really easy to get it, like, I figured it out as a kid, to hit it in the corner and you get the star every time. And if you get three stars, you get five up. You get five extra lives. Yeah. And that's just like a part of like finishing these levels. You do this in a row, you, you're just going to accumulate more and more lives to where you're in the 60s or 70s by the time you reach uh, World 8. And so you're not set up in a situation where you're going to have a game, get a game over and have to repeat a bunch of progress. I don't know. It was just like, it it just feels like a really thoughtful approach to be like, hey, let's make this thing is uh, we're not we don't need to nerf the difficulty of the gameplay, um, but we will like make the, let the player have a bunch of different cho- uh, chances while still uh, adhering to the conventions of the day. Yeah, and like this, so this is my like first time going through this game like yeah. with any real seriousness, right? So like I I I didn't finish it, I'll say, but I'm at the end of World Six, and I don't think I would have got there had it not been for, you know, the modern conveniences available to me on the Switch. You know, being able to have a save state and also, like, being able to rewind because I'm not I'm not trying to prove something, right? I'm mm. not, like, I know, I know how to play a Mario game, but for this exercise, I wanted to try to see as much of it as I could. And I, I, I so I did rewind some, some deaths that I thought were cheap. <laughs> I was like, I know I sure. can, I'm better than this, <laughs> but... For the most part, it is like you said. They're not. They're not stingy with power ups or lives. I, 
I think where I'm at right now, I think I have like 50 something live. Yeah. And it's like, I'm never going to, I'm not going to burn through all those. But even if you aren't using the rewind, even if yeah. you aren't like, you know, cheesing your way through it, however you want to characterize it, I think it's fine to play that way. Or yeah. Do whatever you want. But I mean, like, even if you're not doing that, you still would accumulate a bunch of lives in yes. just a normal, pro- a normal playthrough. I, yeah. I use the rewind feature when I became so impatient with the game that I would make an unforced error. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, especially on the auto scrolling, because I, I, I like playing Mario 3 like it's a Sonic game. Like I like going as fast as you can through a level and the levels are really short, yes. which was also lovely during a time of recovery because it was like I could play like two or three levels and then save and be done. I think this has been retained w- through during Wonder by the way. It's just, it's like it's, these they feel like a little sketch. Yeah, it it was it was uh it, it was a fantastic like like oh, it's just a treat. Mm-hmm. Each of these levels is a treat, but the tr- the levels that weren't a treat are the fucking auto-scrolling ones, which mm-hmm. I have zero patience for. And I'll be wedged up against the, you know, right side of the screen, pressing (laughs) against the wall, trying to make it move faster. And that would be often when I would like die from like a surprise because you're not supposed to play those levels that way. And I'm just like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I want to get to the next one where it's not auto auto scrolling. But I think that was also the first time that an auto scrolling level appears in a Super Mario Brothers. One hundred percent. No, yeah, this yeah. was they had to add additional chips uh, to the cartridges to have the horsepower to be able to pull this off. And so auto scrolling was like a new feature, was a novel feature for the Mario franchise at the time. Uh, a feature for the worst, and I wish How they hadn't you. implemented it. It is not the. It is a punishing experience for somebody who wants to run and jump and fly across these levels. Because man. I don't I don't want to stand on a donut block. Let's rewind a little bit. Um, there's a ton of new kinds of blocks in this game, and that's That's a delight. (laughs) I love that. There's there's music blocks. Yeah, it used to be that, you know, you 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 could hit a block and either there'd be coins in it or a power up, or you destroy the block. But there are so many kinds of fucking blocks in this game. There's like, you know, frozen blocks with stuff inside of them that if you hit with a a fire flower melts the ice and you get the stuff inside which feels like magic oh there's there's like blocks that are like white shimmering versions of your traditional brick blocks you see what just happened i'm sorry on the i don't want to just talk about what happened in the the stream yard but you put your hands together and hearts came out of them oh that's the that's just a built-in macintosh feature now (laughs) is that true yeah, it's it it's built into the eyesight camera oh, okay. after Sonoma that you can like you you can put up a peace sign and I think you'll get balloons. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? If you do like a if you do like a a, a, a double um I don't know like double You're horns you'll get horns, like yeah. lasers. This is the why least... we're seeing all this on Heather's camera as she lies in bed. I think, I think, I think, yeah, inc- include this on the record. If you give a thumbs up, uh, you get a thumbs up. Yeah, you got a thought bubble next to your head with a thumbs up. This is wild. This is like Cloud Atlas shit. But it's, but it's all built into Sonoma. Yeah. And now if you do teletherapy, there's a warning on your teletherapy that's like, the balloons and hearts and lasers are not supposed to be a part of your therapeutic experience. We cannot disable them on our end, and we are very sorry That's because so it's funny. distressing. 
I mean, if you're throwing up the horns when you're talking about something pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you were to just say, like, you know, this is this is a horrible example. Yeah. Uh, but if you were like, you know, I, I watched I watched this this person get shot two times. Yeah. They got shot two times. <laughs> and then, the and then up. balloons appear. <laughs> <laughs> Just watched a cascade of balloons float from below Heather's yeah. frame. Um, wow. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I forget what caused the hearts or what gesture I was doing, but oh, there's blocks. Yes, all the blocks, blocks. There are there are sort of shimmery white blocks that you can pick up and kick or throw like as if they're a turtle shell. Yes. And also there was that mechanic that, was that you could yeah. like pick up a turtle shell. And then there's an enemy that can pick them up and throw them at you. Right. Yes. And when that shit happens, you're like, this game is so good that they've taught me about these blocks for a long time. And then the, as soon as an enemy picked it up, I was like, oh, fuck. You know, like it's yeah. big world. Fucking big world, man! Big world. I it, love it. Is, big it is. Big world. world's great, and they, they and they and the, the game continually asks like, if this, then what? It's like here's the you know, which is like a, a sketch comedy approach, but it's just the idea of like we have this premise. How can we can get exploring it further and further and further? And how can we keep iterating on on hiding in it? Um, like what you talked about with the 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 ice blocks. So there's a in the the ice land, which we should talk about because that's world six. Is that where you got to? Mm-hmm. Um, but in the ice land, so there's there's a stretch where there's uh, frozen coins in blocks above uh, frozen uh, the black piranha plants, mm-hmm. the ones that are just like stationary on the ground. And that was a thing where like, you know, you want to melt the, the coins on top without melting the plants on the bottom. Oh, yeah. But I just remember doing that as a kid and feeling like a genius. Yes. Like I got the coins, but the plants didn't get me. Like, <laughs> like of course, that's what the game is trying to get you to do. <laughs> but just to engender that feeling, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I, it's it's perpetual delight. It's just everything is everything is so joyous in this. Like what I was talking about with Buzzed, uh, the same sort of fucking feeling playing through yeah. this game again um and uh like you mentioned you, you were a detractor of the auto scrolling i like the auto scrolling chiefly uh, because of its association with the airship levels which to me are such a highlight and when you get to world eight and it's like oops all airships i think that's so rad and it, it was like again such a mind-blowing thing to experience too now all of a sudden we've got these other, these different airships we got a we got a fucking boat we got a tank um you know we've got we've got a basically no net like this airship is just like all jump all you know uh, uh insta fail jumps i've got to make like like it's just it's just such a great again you know heightening and exploration of this thing that was established and i also think just such a great climax for each of the worlds which i'm all over the place here but in terms of of things that they added to the mario canon and also kind of just established for gaming in general the idea of these hub worlds for each individual mm-hmm. um you know each of these worlds is divided basically into a different biome uh that that affects the the design of each of these individual levels and that there's some non-linearity in terms of like you don't have complete choice complete freedom of movement but you can choose which stages to do in which order there's some that you can avoid or skip entirely yeah. uh, based on items or just based on how you progress through the map all that shit was such an incredible novelty um in 1988 i really loved that and i loved um like yeah, sometimes I would make my choice like, depending on whether or not I wanted to deal with the Hammer Bros yet. Because like sometimes the Hammer Bros are there on screen, you can see them. And you're like, I have to go that way, but there's another path right now. Like I'll do them later. Like sometimes I'm like, I don't want to see these guys. Uh huh. They bother me. I don't like the Hammer Bros that much. 
Uh, I love the Hammer Brothers. I love just like and I also because there's an element of like you can feels like you can outwit them. Oh yeah. Like if you get like like oh I'm just gonna I'm gonna fire up a, a an invincibility star and go right in there and kill these guys well, immediately. Yeah. Uh, or or you know you can use the music box to put them to sleep or you can just avoid them because they move around on the map like all that shit. I don't know. It's just it's 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 a it's a it's another layer to the game. Um, as, uh, on top of the platforming. And it also makes the map not just like purely functional, right. but also like a thing that you're also playing to some degree. I, you know what, guys? I liked, I don't, because I haven't really seen these enemies a lot. Mm-hmm. The fucking, the flying, the flying Goombas that drop little Goombas that make it so you can't jump that good. This game loves babies. <laughs> it's para- a lot. The Paragoombas are dropping babies. The Big Bertha's spitting babies. The uh, the squid, why can't I remember the name of squid? The bloopers, they got little baby bloopers. Yeah. That there's there's a there's a there's one of the water stages just a phalanx of just uh, bloopers with babies and big Berthas with babies and then there's just like the the electrified sea urchins everywhere and it's yeah. just so many hazards it's like a bullet hell Mario stage and you're also got the clunky sort of swimming controls but it's so tense and it's um uh and 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 it's it, again it just feels like a completely unique level within this this collection of unique levels. I was gonna say to that to that tension it's it's tense but. You know, back to the the I think it was the designer developer whose quote you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. It's not impossible Mm -hmm. and it's never unfair. Uh, Like it is it is like you'll you'll have to be patient in order to learn things. And sometimes the learning of something will require your life. But it's never like, how could I possibly do this? And I rented or my parents rented an NES and Super Mario Brothers 3 from a blockbuster when I was a kid and I was able to beat the game. I might not have beaten it the first time we rented it. Maybe we rented it twice, but it was something that a child could do and now as an adult I play the levels and I'm like, god, these fucking levels are so good that it is still a challenge for me, but it is not damning. It is not uh it, it's it's not like going up a flight of stairs in Dark Souls and there's just a ball that rolls down and kills you. And, and you never, like, right. you're like, well, how could I have known that that was going to happen? <laughs> or, or like, you know, a game I mentioned earlier, like a Super Meat Boy, where the whole idea is, like, this is this is meant to be punishingly challenging. Like, yes. it wasn't meant to be to, to, to do that. There are some, some very difficult levels in this game, but it is meant to be, uh, again, approachable uh, for... for for beginners and I also played this game as a kid and I played the shit out of this game as a kid I mean I had this game um because we had an NES in our home uh I you know I've I've beaten this at least 10 times um and the way I used to play this though as a kid involved a thing that we haven't talked about yet which is the warp whistles Mm. and that was a big part of again just like the the progression like kind of feeling and there were warp pipes in Super Mario Brothers 1 there were warps in Super Mario Brothers uh 2 uh slash USA uh, slash Doki Doki Panic, and I believe they were in, in Lost Levels as well. So this is a thing that already existed, but the Warp Whistles is something that's borrowed from The Legend of Zelda, felt like e- like much bigger than that, and it felt like much more of a discovery, especially in the way they were hidden. Yeah, the one where you have to duck behind the scenery, uh, you go behind the scenes of the game, and you run behind the exit of it, and that takes you to a, a Warp Whistle. Or there's another one where you break a block that looks like it's at the corner of the map, but it actually opens up another section of the map in the desert world, and over there there's another uh, a Warp Whistle. 
whistle. Like, the way I used to play this game as a kid is I would collect the three warp whistles uh, on the first level and the second level, and then I would, the first world and the second world, and then it would warp to, I'd use those to warp to, uh, like, you know, world seven and then world eight or whatever. And so effectively, what I, what I was doing was, like, speed running the game. Wow. But but this was a time before I had, anyone had the vocabulary uh, for, for speed running, but that's how I used to like to play this thing. They just try to get through it as quickly as possible, and I felt like I was getting one over on the games. Like, haha, I, I skipped all this stuff. The way I played it this time, and I have played it like this before, but you know, it's been a long time. I played every single stage on this playthrough. Wow. I just went through and played uh, absolutely everything. And I will say there are some stages that aren't, you know, great, but there are some that are absolutely awesome. Um, and uh, there's also like just as far as the worlds go, you know. I think I think worlds like the pipe maze, which is world seven, is like a little uneven and has some levels that are more puzzles than platformers or that have like, you know, like a, a, a trick to them. Uh, that's the same thing actually honestly happens. It might just be the back end of the game um, in world six, the Iceland, like there's like one there's one stage where there's basically a puzzle to the stage, which is you have to the thing you were talking about earlier, Heather, you have to grab a turtle shell and fly with it, um, which yes. is so uncom so cumbersome to do. And then the so you have to carry the the turtle shell um, it, from an underground level above to a level level where you have to use the shell uh, to use it to break a bunch of different blocks. And I like I remembered that as I was got to this place, like, oh yeah, I remember this part. But it was like it's it, it is really really annoying. And I think as they you compare it with a game like Wonder or even Super Mario World, which was a game right after this, I think they excised a lot of that sort of like puzzly stuff. There were still secrets in it, but the whole level wasn't necessarily built around that kind of gimmick. That yeah, what you just described yeah was impossible to me because I, I, I had to look it up how to solve that level. Right. I had so much trouble with it. And it also, the button placement, like as we talked about earlier, made that particular puzzle insanely difficult. Because yes. it just, I had to, like you said, I had to claw it. I had to like hold uh, the one button and then with my other hand press the other button at the same time instead of being able to just do it as one fluid thing. It was it was so hard. Yeah, it's that's a pain in the ass. And so there are some stages that are kind of duds, but overall they they're they they mostly really work and are really fun. And there's also that you know there'll be a, a stage like I forget it might be a World Seven stage where basically the whole gimmick of it is that you're just get, grabbing invincibility stars and just sprinting through it as quickly as possible uh, wherever that comes in the game and like ones like that are just like oh again this is just pure joy this is just fun I, this is just a, a break for the player. One of my favorite stages is just that you go through the stage backwards. Oh right, yeah. Like like you like the, you're always going left to right in these games. And one of the stages you just you're dropped off like you go through a pipe and then you are at the what would be end of the stage and you go right to left. And that alone, I'm like, holy fuck, guys. Like, of, I, of course, somebody in some meeting was like, why not make the stage go the other way? And that was enough for that stage to yeah. be like exciting. Um, I like the uh, you know, I also there, there would just be surprises that will that are thrown out, you know, uh, when you get to the. This was a thing that I remember blowing my mind as a kid, and it's very fun to see again. Is just like when you get to the desert stage where there's the angry sun staring at you the whole time, and at a certain point he flies down and attacks you, and you got to avoid yep. him. But then also that you can kill him is another thing. Um, but again, just just you know, it's just it's such an it's such inventiveness, and it's such a uh, it, it it it's just such a way to add like a just like a little bit of different flair to each of these stages. Yeah, I I, I was very surprised by it. I was pretty surprised by the, the like just the the straight up difficulty but like the the it, 
the difficulty never got in the way of how fun it was. Like mm-hmm. that, then that's I think the mark of a great Mario game because Wonder has that same sort of feel where like this is this there was a, a level I spoke about a couple weeks ago where you have to jump on these blocks in time and it took me like a hundred tries and I did it and not a second not a single attempt was unfun. To this me. is the Wonder stage, jump, jump, jump. Yes, yeah, exactly. Rhythm. Yeah, that that is like weirdly one of the hardest stages in the game, and it's like in in World Two. Yeah, it was um, in, it was insane. But that also speaks to you know Wonder. This this one has a a, a little bit more of a linear difficulty project progression, whereas Wonder is kind of like weirdly kind of the same difficulty throughout. Mm-hmm. I feel like it never like it's it's all kind of just equally approachable, except for like the special stages or like each of the worlds will have like one punishingly difficult stage. That that's fully optional, but that kind of speaks to like, hey, thirty years removed from the original. Uh, what are some ways we can we can mix up the formula, or what are some ways we can make this like even more approachable, but still have some stuff uh, that's in there for you know the the more expert players. Um, I, I yeah, I, I, I had a. I, I feel like I'm talking a lot here. I, I had no, the, I, I had the time of my life with this game. I just I was so happy to revisit this. I just thought I just thought it was so fucking fun. I was also shocked how fun it was. Yeah. Like, I expected to get past... We haven't even fucking talked about the music. No. Like, the fucking... Just the World 1-1 uh, map has some of the best tune in in a Super Mario game. Like, it's just so catchy. And I think, Nick, you highlighted one that you love from Ice Ice World. Yeah, so right? the, the the score by Koji Kondo, I figured we'd play this just because this is, we're actually going to do an upcoming episode where we're going to talk about Ice Stage music, and uh, this is one that I would have picked, uh, but I figured we might as well play it here. Here's just, just the loop that plays in the Iceland um, for World 6. You know, again, the, in context, the way you're hearing a lot of these are like, hey, I'm listening, I'm hearing like a 10 to 15 second chunk of this while I'm trying to decide which level to play. Yeah. So, like, it has to be like very bite sized, but I don't know, I always like this track just for like how minimally it's able to just sort of evoke this sort of like ethereal, mystical, wintry land. It sounds like ice. It does sound like ice, Matt. That's a better way to say it. It sounds like ice. <laughs> it sounds like ice. It sounds like ice. Can we play maybe the, um, the, uh, World One map one also. Yeah, we Me? should be we should we should play some of the more famous tracks from this one too. I love I love this fucking song so much. I just put it in the chat. Booting up the game, Mario like he is comprised of stars, right? And they co- coalesce into yeah. his form, which is what the fuck that's awesome. It's like here he is. It's Mario and then this fucking tune kicks in. And you're like, oh, man, this game's going to be great. This also, and we're looking at the the map screen here as uh, we're hearing this. You just also get a sense of just how, or you just, you just at a glance, just how dense with detail this is. Because, yeah, you've got the numbered worlds, but then you've also got, like, a mushroom house. Uh, you've got, you know, just, like, a, a, a one that's just, like, a, a spade on a card. Um, you've got a fortress. You've got a 
a castle with the, with a help bubble coming out of it. Obviously, we got the wandering hammer brother, but then also things like everything has like eyes in this. Yeah. Like all of the all of the plant life has eyes. Like it all like feels like very alive and like the the plant. There's like a, a very simple looping animation of like the hills bopping back and forth in time with the music. Um, and the hills have eyes, but in an ominous way. Oh God, um, really scared me. <laughs> Matt, no, it's not that kind of hill. <laughs> Um, but it's but it is just sort of thing of just like oh this map again there's a world where that isn't even there it's just a completely yeah. linear progression and if all these levels are in sequence one after the other like in Super Mario Brothers one this is still a great game but the addition of the of the uh, you know uh, uh, the mini maps the addition of the overworld uh, just adds so much to it yeah I I like seeing that I like being able to like you know being able to call your shot pick which level you want to do first or whatever. Uh, I didn't. I didn't find any secrets. I know that there are secrets and stuff, but I didn't. I was focused on. I played through the end of uh, level six or whatever, world six. But I did every single stage. I didn't. I couldn't skip anything. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. I was yeah. like, I just don't know where the stuff is. I have no idea. I, I didn't. I think the issue is it. you don't have like fifth grade classmates you can yeah. <laughs> ask about. Oh, well, I, 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 I got. Uh, I could have called some, some, some kids, but <laughs> but it, 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 it is like okay, but the secrets are like are like very secret, and yeah. it is clever how they this game kind of adds the replayability by trickling those out in the letters from the princess. And I'm not sure how much you were uh, you're processing those as you go through it, but you get the letter from the princess after you st- you clear a st- you clear a world, and that one will have like a little bit of like you know. Uh, uh, just just a cl- a clue about like where a warp whistle is or something like that, or yeah. just explain like a, a an extra bit of functionality you might not know about a, a you know a power up or an item. Um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff I just remember being circulated by oral tradition. It was just like like yeah. kids would just tell just tell <laughs> other kids like you know like oh yeah if you duck on this block you know for five seconds then you'll fall behind it you know. And the big secrets are like the I, I don't know I think the big secrets just are the warp whistles really yeah. like that's the yeah. stuff that that's really and and I I do think that's a thing that in Super Mario World like look I'll, I'll say after having played through this again um, I liked it as much or more than I than I already did which is a lot. I still prefer Super Mario World, even though I think Super Mario Brothers Three is just like the more impactful uh, and and more impressive game, given the hardware that it was on and given that it was innovating all this stuff. Whereas Mario World was just iterating it. But you know, if you ask me what I'd rather play, I'd rather play World, or I'd rather honestly play maybe Wonder, just because it's more contemporary. But this this game absolutely holds up, and everything that it was trying, all the big swings it was taking, um, that it connected with all of them, is really just staggering. It doesn't ever really feel its age either like it kind of is just like yeah it looks it looks how it looks it looks like an nes game but like it like i don't know if this game came out this year you'd be like this rocks it's it's so good no that's a good i mean that's a good look that that for me portal is always the big one of those portal Mm -hmm. is like i feel like if portal comes out in 2023 as is it's one of the best games of the year Mm -hmm. um i i think mario 3 is you know if you again if you add some quality of life things like uh, obviously clean up the UI and d- make that a little bit less messy, maybe get rid of like points, which are completely superfluous, but it was just a thing that was retained because it was a convention yeah. of arcade games that became a convention of home games. Um, add like some checkpoints, you know, just mm-hmm. add like so a few things to make it a little bit more approachable. It would feel like a contemporary maybe game. Maybe some voices, maybe Mario. Yeah, saying, maybe it's like, what I needed. Lucky. <laughs> Let's go. I, I want to say that one of the things that this game uh, rewards you for is your experience of what um, 
Nick earlier called the if this is true, then what else is true, like uh, philosophy. And that is, if you use a warp whistle and you're on the island with the warps, and then you use a warp whistle, that you are rewarded for that choice. Yes. Like it, it that small moment is not punished, but instead is like, oh, you want to use both warp whistles right here? Okay. Then this is what's going to happen is I don't, it's it's fantastic design philosophy that you wouldn't just immediately warp to the exact same place that you are, but rather that you would warp to the end of the game. That's just wonderful. It's just so it, it's plus it's such a pleasant game. Yeah, it's it's it absolutely pleasant is a great. Uh, yeah, it's also, pleasant and charming. There's, yeah. sh- there's shit in the later levels that hasn't yet appeared in the early levels, like the coin ship. Mm-hmm. Like a sh- right. like an airship full of coins, where you're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, there's more stuff happening, you know? Well, and like, also just like the the re- the re- the running match game that appears is just yeah. like uh, like oh, it's just a fun little extra thing. Um, that again yeah. is another way to get power ups and and add to your inventory and add to your life count. I've seen memes of the uh the one that's like where it's like three rows. And they're like spinning faces and body parts of where you have to line them up to make a, a solid picture of, you know, whether it's a star, a plant or a mushroom. I've seen a meme that's like, this is when all of our trauma started. Like, uh, <laughs> it's basically like <laughs> this is when we became stressed uh, was when we had to play those things. And I was like, I've never experienced that. And I did. I understand. Like that must have been so crazy. Nick, you're triggering me. I watched the world record speed run for this game, which is three minutes and six seconds. And but it is it is awesome because it is it there it uses a glitch, but the glitch is in is in world seven one. So, but up until that point, it is just mastery, is just pixel perfect perfection of playing this game um, to get the warp whistles to get to seven one. Wow! You, you can't like it like there's no there's no way to to cheat that. The only way you can do it is to actually progress. Uh, so you know you're just watching this this player go, uh, blaze through the first. A uh, few uh, few maps, uh, and then get the warp whistles, and then they get to seven one, and then then they get they do this crazy glitch where a magic pipe appears, and then the whole screen goes to a uh, 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 to garbage data, and then the ending cinematic plays. But it was one of those things where it's like this is a fucking rad speed run. That's awesome, and just like the mix of of both breaking the game, but also having to play it really really well. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to seek that out and watch it. That sounds that sounds amazing. Um, I, I have one that I, yeah. I just have one thing in my notes that I that I, I want to make sure that I say because to me this is like this was just a thing that stuck with me as I was playing it this time mm-hmm. and and I'll, I'll start it with a question and we can we can address the question in a second but my question is is attention to detail uh, is that just something that signals quality or is that what it itself makes a game great because for me the animation of the shell spin when you defeat one of the Koopalings when you take down like Roy Koopa or Morton Koopa Jr. or Iggy Koopa or whatever, and they all have great names, mostly named after pop stars. Um, the the shell will spin and it will spill spin horizontally. It will spin like do a flat spin and then it will turn on its end and spin some more and that will signal that's been ultimately defeated. Mm-hmm. And that spin, that vertical spin, 
looks so fucking great. And this also wasn't a time where you're like, oh, we can just like rotate this sprite in 3D space. Like it had to be hand animated. Um, and and so like 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 it's just a such a such a, a gorgeous bit of animation that's purely flair. Like yeah. absolutely does not need to be there. He could do a flat spin and disappear, and it would accomplish the same thing. Um, but you know, like like it's so satisfying when he spins on end, flies up, and then the uh, the rod of power comes back, and you turn the uh, the king back from a piranha plant into a guy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. From a dog into a sultan, whatever the math is. I like I like this the seal uh, sort of nosing his crown up and down. Yes, yeah. Like, I like that. One. But but is that like like that's the sort of thing where I'm just like, oh, this is such a this is such incredible attention to detail. Is this why I like this game so much? Or I guess it doesn't have to be a binary question. Or but because they had like the the creative leeway uh, slash the budget uh, slash the time slash the you know just the 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 talent to be able to execute that is that why is does that just indicate the overall quality of the game it's it's so i'm trying to think of games that are extremely detail oriented and unenjoyable um and i think maybe you're on to something nick because even games that i don't care for myself like monster hunter games i can watch the animation and detail in monster hunter games where it's like you'll watch like a cat cook a dish and you're like, God damn, I, I want to be in this space. And and wanting to occupy the space of a video game is so much of what's required for a game to be good. Because like when Cyberpunk 2077 came out in vanilla mode and the game was absolutely fucking broken, you still wanted to occupy the space so that you could look at the world. And that's the hump that it got you had to get over in order to play through cars falling out of the sky or characters suddenly exploding. And this is as if you took all of that attention of detail and also implemented astonishingly tight gameplay mechanics themselves, along with a spirit of wonder and adventure and exploration and discovery. So that's why it's perfect. You know, like, right. Every time you find out that Nintendo has like, oh, the sound of a power up is actually the sound of going down a flag or something like that. You're like, it, it's a marvel uh, of that attention to detail. So I think moving forward, I'm going to think about games that way. You've unlocked something for me, which is like, well, part of why I like Fortnite is that you can't if you kill a warthog, you can eat its meat. But you could also ride a warthog if you jump on the, its back. And neither of those things is necessary to win the game. Right. Yeah, it's just purely it's just purely flair. Um, no, speaking of which, I forgot to mention that um, it was announced that Eminem is joining Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Rochelle is nodding vigorously. <laughs> oh, I'm buying that immediately. <laughs> <laughs> which... I was like, okay, so what is Fortnite? Who is it for? Like our producer, he's not apparently. Popular anymore, right? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like, he had, is it? Is it nostalgia? Or are you still a fan? It's just yeah, nostalgia, and it's just funny. Right? Yeah. That I, that well, I think yeah, is a yeah. huge part of it. It's just like, what the fuck is this doing in here? I and mean, that's why I bought Giannis, yeah. even though I'm a fan of Giannis. I was like, this is absurd uh, to have I the mean, you know an NBA MVP playable in this with a you know fucking shotgun. Right. Yeah. If you if if you have LeBron James 
getting in a shotgun f- fight with with a uh, 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 anthropomorphic cat, right? Uh, and Eminem, like that's funny. Yeah, I like it when it's that's just. I like it when it's not a character and it's 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 a guy. Yeah, like when it's a guy, it's just so funny. I I think that absolutely does add to it. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes licensing wise, it has to be like it's like you know whatever. It's Will Smith as Hancock, you know, because right. that's yes. all they can secure the licensing for. <laughs> I feel like that this is this is one of those games that's just impossible to cover because it's like you know it's it's like yeah you, it, 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 there, there's just so much to say you want to feel like you did it justice I I watched this this super I watched this uh uh this dude who did a uh, YouTuber this YouTuber who did a review of Super Mario Brothers three and, and then he was just like I think I did a bad job I don't know it was just like <laughs> it's hard to talk about because when it's something that's so good and so iconic and it's just like you that you feel like there's so much left on the table but. I don't know. Is it is there is there anything else that 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 anyone wants to add here? I was just gonna say, like, as my first like playthrough, while it is incomplete, I'm gonna go home and finish this off because I just can't believe I like that that it it's 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 a, it's just a it's a miracle that it's still good. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many good Mario games, and obviously we did do a 2D Mario rank uh, earlier this month and pointed out that there are some mid ones. But the ones that are really great just remain great, and that's like so good and so special. I love that. Yeah, it's perfect, which is weird. It's weird that it's yeah. perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just an incredible fucking video game. Uh, you know, and, and I guess that there were probably there. I could see some people who are who are younger or maybe just have never played this before approaching this this game that's you know whatever near coming up on 40 years old and just being like uh you know what the fuck was the big deal here i i guess what i would add to anyone there is just like it's it's tough to put into i i hope we're trying to put into context at least what this was like at the time what this felt like on such comparatively crude hardware at a time when so many of what what are now conventions had yet to be invented and a lot of them were invented by this game uh what it was like to to you know have this this fucking uh meteorite rocket into the earth and and to experience it 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 just really is like a it, it, its influence is still felt today uh things like you know and just just one little thing, like the team behind id Software, uh, the core team there came together, uh, or I don't know if they came together, they were already together, but one of their first big projects was a fan port of Super Mario Brothers 3 to PC. So it's like, you know, even indirectly there, they they do that, then they end up doing um, that Nintendo does not authorize it, obviously, but it was like kind of an amazing thing that they pulled off. Uh, they make the Commander Keen franchise and ultimately go on to make Doom, so... Um, yeah, but but the, the it's it's just a game that I think influenced so many developers, and I think uh, yeah, influenced the taste of so many people uh, who still play games, like uh, Heather and myself. I I'm really glad we got to cover it, and that we that I got to spend some time with it. It's it's a home run, as they say. No notes. None. <laughs> they were supposed to put Yoshi in this game, by the way. The original idea was uh, Yoshi was going to be in. Jesus. Yoshi was Christ. going to be in three, and they were like, "We just can't pull this off," and so it, it's delayed to the next generation. Didn't know. Didn't realize what we had missed. We could have had Yoshi. <laughs> uh, all right, hey, it's time for the you play of our we play you play. It's your review crew, the Ryu crew. <laughs> Hello, Kirby. 
All right. These are yeah, from our Discord. Uh-oh. Is <laughs> for you okay? Uh-oh. Well, Ken's really falling on hard times. <laughs> uh, and these are from our Discord, discord.gg slash getplayed. So get in there if you want to uh, leave a future review for the Ryu crew. This one's from Zach. And Zach writes. Hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. Best game ever made. Simple as that. Zach's right. I think there's a case for it. Oh. Like, look, if you're if you're you are young, and I don't know how much of our listenership is young, but like if you're young and like that feeling, that reaction, maybe you had to Elden Ring. You're just like you're playing this, like, oh, this is the best game ever made. Completely reasonable reaction. A lot of people yeah. had the same reaction to Super Mario Brothers three. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of these are just quick little uh, bursts of praise. So I'm just gonna read through a couple of these real quick. Life is an internet superhighway, right? It still rips, but it's surprisingly harder than I thought it would be. I think definitely the 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 difficulty is worth acknowledging. It like it, like it's certainly versus modern games. I think again, go, going back to something I said, I think if this just had checkpoints, that would go a long way. Which is just you know if 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 they had what the the thing they added in Super Mario World where you have that you, you run through the tape and um you can restart your play from there or or the ability to save. Yes. That would go yep. so far. Yeah. Uh, J Train writes, "What other franchise can claim multiple goats? Hard to think of." Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yep. Goat Zelda. Simulator. Nick. Okay. What? God damn it. What? Nick. It's a game. Look. <sighs> <laughs> oh, Heather's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard to think about. I mean, there are obviously a lot of franchises with a lot of great games yeah. in it, but there. are are in in the way that people talk about great Mario games, there aren't that many franchises that reach that level. I think. Yeah, I think that's know, fair to yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to just even think of any for the purposes of this exercise. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe depending on how you want to rate Half Life. Yeah, Half Life, Half Life Two. I don't know. It's 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 tricky. Street Fighter. Sure, Street Fighter. Yeah, in that space, right? Um, but maybe Nick's right. Maybe Goat Simulator. It's Goat Simulator. Probably the right answer. This next one's from Jake Bag of Donuts, and Jake writes, World 4 is the best world. Don't at me. World 4 is the big world. Big world is is great. I love big world. Yeah, especially, you know, there's a point where you get a, I, I forget, it, it's a block, right? The block that changes between um, them being big size and small size yeah, really in, one of, in one of the stages. Like, that's a fun mm-hmm. little, cor- yeah, it, 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 is really, it is really cool when you see the big, the big Koopas and the big blocks. Uh, John Badley writes, my absolute favorite Mario game. I love all the one-off weird suits like the Frog and Hammer Bros. Mario. Mario games need more animal suits. Uh, this is this is again. This is the difficulty of talking about this. We we have not talked about like the Frog suit or the Hammer Brothers suit. Yeah. Like which are like you know again. It's with this far in this, the discussion we haven't got to there. But yeah, it is really cool. And I remember I remember getting the Frog suit for the first time and being like, "Holy shit! What the fuck is this?" Yeah, ribbit, ribbit. Yeah, yeah, and having that. <laughs> Exactly, but you can it. It has limited utility, but just it's one of those things where its existence is just what's cool about it. Yeah, like like it really only wor- is is of any use in water levels. And then also, it's the other thing is like you get hit once, and then you just lost this precious item forever. Like that's it. Yeah, I when yeah. I when I used the Tanuki suit, I was so happy to be using it, and then just knowing how rare it was, and then losing it did feel horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this next one's from Rapscallion. Rapscallion writes, Super Mario Brothers 3 was the first game I ever played. All games have been downhill from there. 10 out of 10. Holy shit. Oh, man. Fuck. 
That's like Evangelion being your first anime. It's <laughs> wild. I that's yeah. If I if I had started with one of the best games ever, maybe every game would be a disappointment. But maybe it's good that I started with, in you know, an adaptation of a Rugrats uh, <laughs> video game or something for the PlayStation One. Uh, and then finally, Ghost Pumpkin writes, "This game introduces Boo and Dry Bones, the best couple in all video games. Boo is the best." Dry Bones is also the best. Fuck Mario Odyssey for not having Boo. Wow. Um, Boo is great. You know, it's, it's uh, it, it, like, I think there's some great great new characters and great new enemies that are introduced in this. Also, just like, like Mario himself is redesigned. And basically the Super Mario Brothers 3 design, and I, I think you were kind of talking about this earlier with the Super Mario Brothers movie, Heather, uh, to some degree, is like, it's all informed from Super Mario Brothers 3. Like, you look at yeah. the Sorry, Super Mario Brothers 1 Mario, and it's it's a completely different like yeah, he's a blocky depiction. little bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite bits of animation in Super Mario 3 is that just while he's running his head is turning so you can see both of his eyes. Yes. <laughs> As you were doing that balloons came from below your screen. What a fucking nightmare. <laughs> By the way, Mario's nose is, is famously big. I read as I was going through, as I was doing research for this, the reason his nose is so bulbous is it's to indicate to the player which direction they're facing at a glance. Oh. It's one of those things oh. where you hear about it, it's just it's like the baby crying being annoying in Yoshi's Island, which we talked about recently, of just like the re- there's a reason there that's there that it's there from from a design perspective. They really they really thought of everything. Guys, thanks so much for writing in. And... <laughs> oh, God. Ken. <laughs> the divorce just fucking ruined him. <laughs> uh, that's this week's Get Played. Our producer is Rochelle Chen. Uh, and check out our paywalled show, Get Animated, Matt, where we're watching Captain Laserhawk, you and I. That's right. Uh, we uh, This week, we'll be talking about episodes three and four of Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix, and... We say this a lot on the show when we're talking about it, yeah. Nick. The show has been shocking us. It's shocking. It's been absolutely it shocking, is shocking to us. It's... Heather, have you watched Captain Laserhawk at all? I have not. Um, I'd be I, careful. You'll missed... be shocked. Yeah, you'll be shocked, I think. All right. Well, maybe I'll be shocked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's only at patreon.com slash get played. And um... I'm I'm really excited to rejoin you guys on Get Animated. Um, and... I've missed it, and I got some anime to talk about. So we need you when back you're over done there. With this, yeah, when you're done with this laser hawk, I'll, I'll meet up with you guys. Because uh, Nick and I left to our own devices. Uh, we're being, let's just say, we're being really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt doesn't mean that in a cute way. No, no, no. It's getting <laughs> the quality pretty... of the show is lower. We have some uh. different. <laughs> Let's just say that the Patreon audience is skewing a little differently now. Uh, but Heather, it's great to see you here. And um, yeah, great to have you. Uh, I feel like we don't normally get to do this that much, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say this to you. You got played, Heather. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast. <laughs>